Oh, hello. Can you believe it? It's the sound of the start of your weekend. The Not The Top 20 podcast betting show, sponsored by Betfair with me, Ali Maxwell, him, George Ellick. Hi, mate. Hello. It's at this stage of the season where all I really want is for each show to feel fresh and unique. And I think this one will. Yeah, you've definitely started with an energy uh, that is fresh, both fresh and unique. (laughs) From unique to last week, where no easy way to say it, you got a bagel, nor out of four. Yeah, Harrogate, after me spending a whole season saying how bad they are, just kind of repaid me in kind um, by not being that bad on Saturday. Well, Swindon, that was your nap throwing away the lead at Harrogate. Salford lost to Gillingham. Tyler Smith didn't score, nor did Dan Kemp. Uh, I got two out of four. My nap and my next best were both winners. And Mansfield minus one uh, against Newport was a 2-0 win. Uh, and Blackpool did indeed beat Shrewsbury to nil at 6-4. to four. So that was pleasing. Uh, after my own bagel the week before, a Dan Kemp anytime. Nope. Uh, Stockport and Mansfield each to score over 2.5 goals. They both scored two. A blow and the over 4.5 goals double that we did in in place of a BTTS sixfold um, hit the posts. We hit both posts because both games had four goals. We had like not five. We had like 50 minutes to go in each, needing mm. a goal in each. It felt like it was kind of on, and there were chances late in those games. A couple of messages from people who enjoyed the over 4.5 double. So oh. we're going to go again this this week. Going to read them out. What the messages? <laughs> yeah, I've I've broadly given a summary of what they said, <laughs> yeah, which is they enjoyed it. Enjoy the over four point five double, lads. <laughs> so uh, we're going to march on with that in place of our BTTS sixfold as our uh, longer price uh, bonus pick at the end of the pod. Uh, what's your best bet of the weekend, George? What's your nap? <laughs> Having napped Swindon last week, I'm now napping against him this week. He's lashing out. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm results driven, not process driven. No, it's um, <laughs> I'm backing Mansfield. At even money uh, away at Swindon. I, yeah, I mean, we've spoken a lot about Mansfield and how good they are. Um, my favourite stat about Mansfield is that they have the best expected goals ratio in England. So the, their expected goals dominance, at least, is is the best of anyone, including Manchester City, uh, against their opponents. Um, they're by far and away the best in, by that metric in, the, um, in League Two. And they're... Form is very good alongside it. This isn't a case where you're like pitching a team who are like getting unlucky in terms of not getting the results that they deserve. Uh, they've won uh, loads of games in a row. They had a kind of period of time at the beginning of the season where they were struggling to to get ahead in games, but that is well and truly done. Uh, and their away form, you know, they, they haven't lost yet in the league this season, which in itself is, is obviously pretty impressive. And away from home, they've already gone to Nats County and beaten them 4-1. They've gone to Atkinson and beaten them 3-0. More recently as well, they beat Harrogate and uh, and Salford away from home. So they've won the last three away games in a row, scoring four in two of them. So there's absolutely no issues whatsoever about their away form. And they come up against, in Swindon, one of the most out-of-form sides in the division, who, despite me putting them up last week to win, that was mainly a Harrogate pick, they've picked up just two points from their last uh, six games. You know, you have to go back to the 14th of October in a 2-0 win over Newport for their last victory. And that is a victory in isolation, they're only winning in their last nine. So Swindon not going through a particularly good time at the moment. Going forward, they're still okay. And that's not a massive surprise. You know, Jake Young is, you know, he hasn't been able to keep up with his incredible form from the start of the season, but he's still scoring goals and is still second in the goal scoring charts in League Two. Dan Kemp, Ch- uh, Charlie Austin, you know, they've got a lot of uh, good attacking players, but defensively, they're very poor. You know, I mentioned a second ago that Harrogate put in their best performance of the season against Swindon on Saturday. Odo in particular looked very, very threatening against Swindon's high line. But how much of that was to do with Harrogate? How much was it to do with playing against the Swindon side who defensively a shot at the moment? You know, before the Harrogate game, 
They'd conceded um, four goals against Stockport, three against Colchester, three against MK Dons. Seven against Aldershot. Seven <laughs> against Aldershot. Um, so for whatever reason, their their defensive shape, their belief in what they've got at the back is really lacking. And Mansfield are a side who we know, like you can be so confident they're going to create a lot of chances as, as they do in every single game. Every week that goes by, you know, I've spoken a lot about how I think the top four in League Two are, are pretty clear. And I think that they are. But I also just think maybe the top two in League Two are pretty clear. And in in uh, Mansfield and Stockport, we've got two teams who might run away towards the top end and it might turn into a title race between two rather than a title race between four. Um, and with both uh, Mansfield's form and Stockport's form, they both look to me like there's no reason why they won't just keep churning out results yeah. and keep winning. I, obviously not to win every game, but they are. there is a gap in quality between them and their opposition in basically every game. So I'm... I'm Probably got the deepest squads as well, like the less... Yeah. The less uh, issues with injuries in in League Two as well. After building both of them building squads over a, a decent period of time now as well. So uh, yeah, I'm with you. Thanks. Yeah. So at even money, you're doubling your money. Yeah, it's it's an away team at evens. Um, but there's there's not a great deal to to like about Swindon right now. And I think Mansfield are, are kind of the perfect team to kick aside when they're down. At even money, you're doubling your money, says George Ellick. That's my inspiration. Is that from... a clue for our live show in Dublin? <laughs> for my. For my nap, which is Southampton and under 4.5 goals at Huddersfield at even money. Now, the little addition of the under 4.5 goals uh, both excites me, titillates me and makes me nervous as well. Feels like a bit of a Mark O'Hare inspired selection. He's uh, a great purveyor of, you know, having a strong stance about a strong favourite. Uh, and just adding that little bit extra to, to take it to a, a slightly more palatable price. Saints really short for this game, unsurprisingly away at Huddersfield. Uh, with the Betfair Sportsbook, they are 1.67 uh, to win the game. Uh, so the even money uh, for Saints to win an under 4.5 goals. They're, they're on a great run. The last eight league games, six wins and two draws. Now within that, we've seen two injury time winners and one injury time equaliser. So those have kind of boosted the points return. They probably they probably reflect that they have become a very good team, but uh, those late goals are probably making it seem like they're a brilliant one. And I think that they're not quite there yet in comparison to the very top teams in the division that they're now trying to chase down. However, I can see more levels being reached over the course of the season. Um, you know, the whole idea behind Russell Martin as a football manager is the process and is the belief uh, that things will improve while the process becomes uh, implemented. And I think we're seeing that uh, after leaving behind what was such a difficult first six weeks of the season. Uh, individual players putting in really strong performances at the moment. Flynn Downs, Will Smallbone, Kyle Walker-Peters in particular. Adam Armstrong is, is scoring a lot of goals without necessarily looking like he's playing incredibly well. That's the, the privilege of playing for this Saints team, I think, in, in his position. But one of the reasons I can see another level being reached outside of the Russell Martin factor is players like Alcaraz, players like Suleimana, I, I'm sure once they get more comfortable and once they you know, understand the scenario that they're in and realise that in order to fulfil their potential, in order to be worth the amount of money that Saints paid for them so that someone else may pay that money for them in the future if they have ambitions of playing at a higher level, they need to step up and, and really start impacting games a bit more. So uh, I think that could happen. Um, 15 goals in their last eight games, so just under two a game. Then what they're not doing, Saints, is racking up four or five in the main. Uh, 
Huddersfield's last three games have been pretty brutal. Uh, across three matches against Leeds, Watford and Hull, they have only taken 12 shots. So four shots per game on average across three matches. And they've only taken five shots on target. So less than two a game on target. They're not making a dent whatsoever going forward. Uh, and I think injuries can only be blamed up to a point here. Performances are really poor. Uh, the game plan is really unambitious in attack. Uh, and they're not doing enough to keep teams at bay either. That They are basically just hoping for the best. And that's unlikely to be enough, I think, against Southampton here. So I do see it being very one-sided. I'm a bit nervous about the 4-1 or the 5-0, which would obviously see this bet uh, lose. Huddersfield have lost 4-1 twice this season to Leeds and Birmingham, so they have got it in them. The Saints have gone over 4.5 three times, but two of those are in defeats uh, to Leicester and Sunderland, and one was a 4 all draw with Norwich. And I don't think this game is, is anything like those ones, really. So I think Saints will control it. I think they'll win. I think they'll do so without, like, absolutely destroying Huddersfield so juicing the price from yeah 1.67 to an even money shot I think it is worth adding the under 4.5 that's my best bet of the weekend Southampton and under 4.5 at Huddersfield next best my next best is Watford who are 19 to 5 join no bet at Leicester mm. right this so, feels right so this for is, a George Ellick next best. So this is the second time I've done this because the first time I did it saying that they were going to just win the game and then whilst I've been given my explanation I've Decided to change it to draw no bet. So five to one, they are to win the game. Nineteen to five, they are draw no bet. So just giving it the big one about us doing a live show in Dublin, just as well. It's not live, eh? <laughs> You're like an idiot. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the the joys of not live TV um, or not live podcasts. Uh, Watford aside, who in my view haven't necessarily got the credit they deserve so far this season. They are defensively very very sound. Um, their expected goals against the season. 0.75 per 90 is the best in the league. And they're up against the Leicester side who come into this off the back of back-to-back defeats, um, not scoring in either game. And I think when Leicester have come up against the better defences in the league or the better drill defences in the league, they have struggled at times. You know, we saw the game against Leeds where they lost 1-0 and they really struggled until the last minute basically to uh, to create anything of note. Last time out against a side that conceded quite a few goals in Middlesbrough, again, they were fairly poor. Even against the 10-man QPR, it took a Harry Winks 30-yard 30, 30 strike to get them the win, having really struggled to break them down. So there are definitely issues in my mind as to Leicester's attacking play at the moment. And in Watford, they've got a team coming to Leicester who are very well drilled by Valerian Ishmael, who consistently, even in games where they concede goals, they consistently keep... You know, basically, no one has been able to, to rack up loads of shots and loads of good chances and big chances against them so far this season. So I think under two and a half and like basically a low scoring game here feels pretty likely to me. Watford, for all of their defensive solidity, you know, they aren't the most potent from an attacking sense. Rybic has come in and offers them the goal scoring edge, seeing Yasser Esprias finally come into some form and deliver on his promise. But, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced there's as much between these two teams in terms of, of on paper as the prices suggest. Leicester's having, Leicester's price having their, their incredible run at the beginning of the season baked in. But this is a, a massive game for Enzo Maresca to basically arrest the the slump in form and, and to get them back into winning ways. So for, to get nearly four to one and taking the draw out about a Watford win here and what will be a, another marginal game with Leicester having lost back-to-back games 1-0 uh, seems a good way to play it in my view. Lovely. Uh, Wrexham minus one is my next best. Uh, they're playing against Morecambe at home and they're six to five to cover the minus one handicap. They're 2.2. Had some success with Mansfield minus one. Uh, last week, staying in League Two with a similar thing uh, here. No more Derek Adams at Morecambe for now. 
Uh, he's already had two stints, and such is the beauty of the mixture that is Adams and Shrimp. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a third tenure at some point in the future. But he's gone. He's gone back to Ross County. Do another you think place. Forrest Gump or Derek Adams is more like iconic with Shrimp? Probably Forrest Gump worldwide. But? In our world, <laughs> in our vacuum, is Derek Adams. Uh, he's gone to Ross County, another place where he's got very, very strong links, of course. And I've got to be honest, I'm pretty worried for Morecambe here. Pretty worried for Morecambe. He had this team, uh, in my opinion, at its absolute maximum, uh, more than the sum of its parts, hardworking, uh very clear on how to play, how to score, how to pick up points. And he's just left them for something else. And for someone like Adams, who really thrives in difficult situations and in being able to use difficult situations as a motivational factor for his team, which has been very, very um, effective, particularly at Morecambe over the years, you have to wonder like what that leaves behind when the talisman, when the the kind of the everything really uh, leaves, what does that have on the on the short term results on a, a team? What does it have? What impact does it have on the motivation of the players and how they feel about things? You know, they are a third of the way through the season and they're doing well. They are flirting with the playoffs, which was not necessarily what was expected of them, and it all comes back to what Adams has built. Uh, he's the man that took Morecambe from League Two into League One. He is you know, seen as sort of managerial god in those parts, and understandably so. Now, he now leaves, and now it's worth bringing up the fact that Morgan didn't project as a particularly strong team either under Adams, running massively hot at both ends. Their goalkeeper, Moore, has been one of the best shot stoppers in the division this season in a way that, you know, no one really saw coming, and it's hard to know whether that will be guaranteed to be sustained, but I would suspect not, um, but also scoring at the other end. I was willing to admit that Derek Adams was some sort of footballing sorcerer and I would probably not have made this pick. I definitely wouldn't have made this pick if he was still there. But I think the spell is likely broken now upon his departure. So they're coming off the back of back-to-back away defeats anyway. Uh, in four of Morecambe's eight away games this season, they've had five shots or fewer. So they really do struggle on their travels, although they did string together a, a run of wins, particularly against the better teams in the division. I think generally they're sort of away from persona is is meek and mild Morecambe so it's one of the toughest games of the season anyway away at, at, at Wrexham and and psychologically I think it'll be difficult for those players to handle um, and they're going to be under pretty intense pressure for most of the game I think if they go behind Wrexham will just keep rolling it's not within their interests to just sit back on a lead at this stage and it, it's not in their personality or their makeup either if you look at the last 18 months so uh, Wrexham have scored three or more in six of nine at the race course I'm hoping they'll do the same here and cover the minus one handicap at home to Morecambe. Uh, six to five, two point two with the Betfair Sportsbook. Now this weekend, the Betfair Sportsbook have rolled out the completely free acker or bet builder on football once again. Uh, remember, you do need to opt in for this. So head to the promotions page on betfair.com. This applies from Thursday the 23rd today uh, up until Monday the 27th. And the max free bet varies from £1 to £10 per customer. Minimum odds of 1.5 on minimum one leg of your ACA. Eligibility criteria and T's and C's do apply, so check them out. But it's a completely free ACA or bet builder on football this weekend with Betfair. Who's your goal scorer? Ilias Chair is my goal scorer. 
um, for QPR. He is someone who has endured a really difficult time of it recently, I would say, in terms of once, well, probably about a year ago, being perceived as being one of the, if not the most exciting players in the championship, being touted for big moves elsewhere. Um, the move didn't materialise. Frankly, playing under Gareth Ainsworth was a bit of a disaster, I think, for for chair. And he's now playing playing for a manager in Marti Cifuentes. Love that. Not Cifuentes? No, Cifuentes. Si. But you can get away with Cifuentes. Not Cifuentes? What I don't want you to do is to start second-guessing it every time you say it. Cifuentes. Yeah. Uh, you, you did it like you weren't sure there. Well, because the, the th is the C yeah. at the start, Cifuentes. so Cifuentes. But the S is just an S. <laughs> Cifuentes. Cifuentes. Um, he, you would assume, is going to implement a different style of play. Um, he's had two games in charge so far. One was a one-all draw against Rotherham, where Ilias Chair scored his first goal of the season. The other uh, chair was out for, so it didn't actually feature. So it's a one-and-one so far. And it kind of makes sense. You, you know, you'd think... Given what we are led to believe in terms of the playing style from from Cifuentes, <laughs> come on, from Cifuentes, it would make sense for Chair to kind of step up a little bit. Now, at the moment, QPR don't really have a goal scoring striker. Lyndon Dykes has started up front as a target man in both of his games in charge so far. Um, probably will be the same here. We know that Dykes is very effective in terms of being a bit of a batting ram. A you know, winning winning balls, holding the ball up, scoring penalties sometimes, um, but isn't an in possession, um, you know, goal threat necessarily. So Chair and Willock kind of become the two who who are most that. But with Chair, it's easy to forget that in 2021 he scored eight goals in 40 45 games, and the season after in 21 22 he scored nine goals in 39. So like he is someone who playing in a functioning team. He's not just a player who gets the ball on the left hand side, cuts it, and tries to bend it in top right hand corner. He will do that, <laughs> and he will try and do that a lot. But he's also got a track record of scoring goals in decent sizes. Like even last season when things were so poor, he scored five goals. So for him to be 9-2, to to, to go to a Norwich side, and this is the other key part here, because even though Norwich won 3-2 last time out and there's some positivity, that they might turn it around. Since beating Birmingham 2-0 uh, back at the end of September, they haven't kept a clean sheet. In that time, they've conceded twice against Swansea, once against Coventry, three times against Leeds, twice against Borough, three against Sunderland, three against Blackburn, two against Cardiff. So they are conceding loads of chances and loads of goals in every single game. So even though QPR are about 4-1 to one to win this game, which isn't not of interest in itself. <laughs> Double negative, nice. It wasn't not on the shortlist. <laughs> um, I'm not saying Norwich are not, not going to win, but at yeah. the same time, I think QPR look a bit of value. And as we know, sometimes when a team is is, is, is a big price to win a game, even if the favourites for the game have a poor defensive record, it can boost the price of those goal scorers anytime. So Ilias Chair at 9-2 to two to continue his return to form, um, the player that I probably consider to be the most likely to score for QPR. You're listening to a podcast that some would call the not, not, not the top 20. Yeah. Podcast. It's definitely not, not the top 20 because it is the top 20, not. But just don't sit down because I've tipped your chair. That's what I had throughout your answer there in my head. Okay. Moved your chair, tipped your chair. You've just tipped up chair. Ah, yeah. Let's move I on. It's going to be another village raising a child. No, 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 no. Dale Taylor plays for Wickham. I think he's going to score against Reading this weekend at nine to four, three point two five with the Betfair Sportsbook. Now, Dale Taylor, young attacker on loan from Nottingham Forest, very highly rated. 
Have we ever spoken about the fact that basically any loanee or any young player broadly, like one of the first things that people will say about them is like, yeah, apparently really highly rated. But is there not? This is, what does this it is mean? a conversation for another pod probably, but it's, it's probably true. Like yeah. Realistically, if you are getting to the level where you're playing EFL football yeah. on loan from someone, then you've been kept around long enough that you probably are highly rated. I agree with you in like a literal sense, but do, don't you think that well, the way well, that... What else is there? Don't you think that the way that it is used almost <laughs> means nothing because like Fine. it's used so much that like it, it's not actually telling you that much. But but also in a literal sense, as you said, it's true. So like, you know, but do, it's, it's something that, you know, fans and pe- of, of loan clubs and managers of loan clubs are going to say because it's good PR. I agree. And it's probably so true. So that's what it is, yeah. Good PR. True good PR. I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Very highly rated uh, young striker, Dale Taylor, and I like him. I, I'm, I'll I'm, actually, I'll back up the fact of him being highly rated. Because you rate him highly. Because I've seen him and I rate <laughs> him highly, yeah. Uh, now, elephant in the room is, is goals. Um, Any time has only landed in two of his 11 starts this season. Um, but I think he's a good young player. I think he takes good shots. I think that he he has a bit more to him than poaching, but I certainly think he's got and showing a decent poacher's instinct. And I think he's playing against a poor team in Reading. I think that's probably the most important thing here. They've lost eight out of eight games away from home. They've conceded two and a half goals per game in the process on average. Um, And I'm almost positive that Taylor will start because... Brandon Hannon's out with an ACL. Sam Vokes is out as well. Wickham have picked up Lyle Taylor, no relation, um, who's obviously been out of contract for a number of months. Uh, He did get 45 minutes in the trophy game last weekend that they played, but surely Dale Taylor will start as he has the last few games. He's got the the sort of sharpness. uh, And I think that there's a good chance that he will get some good chances. So Dale Taylor, 9-4, 3.25, the highly rated young striker on loan from Nottingham Forest. What's your long shot? My long shot is a bet that I was kind of putting up a couple of well, a month or so ago, and then it caught when I wasn't on. Uh, it's Oxford to lose to nil uh, as uh, Cheltenham hosts them on Saturday. Wow! Yeah, it's a bit of a it's kind of a weird one. Where I feel like this is the first time since we've been doing the it's thirteen to two. I should. Is say. it the case that you've used? We've lost so many long shots, so you're now just using it to like reverse jinx Oxford. No. <laughs> um, well, because it's annoying because I was putting this up the other day and then and then Wigan went and did it and it, like exactly the way yeah. that I'd been talking about how it was going to happen. Like, it feels like this, this is the first time maybe since we've been doing the pod where having spent the last seven years or eight years trying to flag up the, the teams who are running ridiculously hot, Oxford are now one of them. <laughs> and, you know, even though I'm very hopeful that for once it'll go our way and, and maybe with a change of manager, you know, you can basically put a stop at the end of the Liam Manning reign and then this is a new boss, so things might change in terms of the playing style and the output or whatever. There's no denying that where we're, where we're sitting right now, if you want to take from an attacking standpoint, probably the three teams who are massively overperforming their expected goals, it is Oxford, it is Barnsley and it's, and it's Wigan. Mm. And to a, like an unsustainable level. Like if you look at the Opta analyst um, who have the XG numbers, Barnsley have scored 25 goals from 15 expected in open play. Wigan have scored 20 goals from 12 expected in open play. Oxford's on the face of it doesn't look as bad. 18 from 12.5. When you also factor in the 7 from 4.7 from set pieces, it's you know it's kind of a 10 goal um, gap between the output and the expected. And that you know, and I watch us every game, and I know that it's true. Like I know that Oxford are a side who struggle to create 
high XG chances consistently and often rely on the goal-scoring prowess of someone like Billy Bowden or Ruben Rodriguez who can kick the ball very accurately from range. But realistically, can you always rely on that? And that can happen. Games like the game, the early game of the season against Cambridge, games like the, the defeat against Wigan, where Oxford struggled to create much of note are going to happen when you can't consistently pull that off. Uh, coming into this one, there's a bit of injury issue as well with Greg Lee having hobbled off late on against... Um, First sorry for Jamaica on international duty. Um, Sam Long, another one with injury problems. So James Golding, a young fullback, has been recalled from his loan in the National League at Maidenhead, which suggests that things might be tricky. Um, and in Cheltenham, you've got a side who I don't think the market has quite caught up with them yet. Daryl Clark has got them playing incredibly, well, just got a massive improvement out of them so far since he's come into the side. They're mid-table for their XG ratio so far this season. Um Sorry, so far since he came in, despite them having played both Derby and Blackpool, they've scored in every single game so far. They look defensively sound. And I think the way that this is, this game looks on paper is you've got one of the worst teams in the league against one of the best. But I think there's reason to believe that Cheltenham are better than their, their rating. And I think there's a reason to believe that Oxford might be running a bit hot now. This is Des Buckingham's first game in charge. We'll see what happens. But if... Daryl Clark has done his homework and he's looked at games where teams happily sit off and let Oxford have the ball. He will see a real struggle to create anything when not in transition. Cheltenham did it. Wigan did it. Sorry, uh, Cambridge did it. Wigan did it. If Cheltenham do it, I think we might see a very, very similar um, outcome. So, you know, it pains me to say it, but mm. got to go with value. And I, uh, and I think that Cheltenham to, to nil at 13 to two is a slice of that. Love that. Um, my long shot. Two teams to win and BTTS at 12.24. Uh, the first leg is Sunderland to beat Plymouth Argyle and BTTS. Yes, uh, no getting away from it. Argyle is still going gung-ho. It's still great to watch going forwards, uh, even though they're a little light up top at the moment. But they're still giving up tons and tons of chances at the back. They are they are happy with that identity. And I still believe overall it's, it's A, right for them. And I do believe it will see them stay up. But... I do think they are going to lose a lot of football matches, which is the case recently. Uh, I think like Middlesbrough, like Ipswich, who both scored three against Argyle in the last few weeks, Sunderland have the attacking quality to enjoy and make the most of the gaps that Argyle leave at the back. Um, they've got fantastic attacking players uh, already and Jack Clark and Patrick Roberts and uh, so many more. And then they've got the sort of the, the new guys, Sunderland, who are all uh, fit and ready to start impacting things at the top end of the pitch. Rusin, Mayenda uh, and others. So uh, with, with seven of Argyle's eight defeats, having also copped BTTS, yes, um, I think that there's a lot to like about Sunderland and BTTS at 3.4. The second leg is Mansfield and BTTS against Swindon at 3.6. Uh, this is George's nap, isn't it? Or your next best, Mansfield? No. That's George's nap. So you've done the win part. Uh, when it comes to BTTS, well, it's just mainly the fact that Swindon do have quality. Uh, they do have spells and games where they make it show. Uh, they've actually scored two or more in seven of their own eight home games. So don't necessarily expect that to happen here. But I'm making the point that it won't be easy for Mansfield. They will be tested at times. And with Kemp and Young so good, in particular at scoring from range, uh, that is a, a threat that Swindon have. So I still think Mansfield, uh, the better side and likely winners, uh, Mansfield and BTTS at 3.6. Add that to Sunderland and BTTS 3.4. Uh, spits out 12.24 on the Betfair Sports book so george the bonus group pick at the end an over 4.5 double we ride again uh, last year 
last year, last week, over 4.5 double. Uh, both games had over 3.5, but didn't cop for us. So uh, we got one at 37.5. First up, Stoke v Blackburn. Yeah, mainly Blackburn focused this. Um, I think they should go into kind of any overs bet at the moment with the way that Yondell Thomason has them setting up. Um, when you're looking at their away form recently, there were four in their last away game at Norwich. There were four um, at QPR at the beginning of October. They were beaten 4-3 by uh, Ipswich in September. They obviously beat Harrogate 8-0 in the Cup. Um, the tool draw earlier against Rotherham. So just loads of goals. Annoyingly, quite a lot of them seem to end on four exactly. But <laughs> I think in terms of when you're kind of looking for games that have a high goal expectancy, Blackburn's come into it. And with Stoke, you know, they come into this off the back of back-to-back nil-nil draws, which is a bit strange. But we do know that <clears throat> there are certain games where things, you know, where Alex Steele in himself isn't a negative manager. I think when they face a side like Blackburn, who are going to attack at all costs, they will fight fire with fire rather than sitting off them. Um, they played Rotherham twice a season and both of those covered the 4.5 one in the cup one in the league 4-1 and 6-1 and they were beaten by Hull 3-1 at home fairly recently Hull a side like Blackburn who were pretty attacking and very possession based and managed to get the better of them that day the Sunderland game a couple of weeks ago was very end-to-end and finished 2-1 to Stoke albeit Sunderland created loads of chances plenty enough to score more than their one goal so yeah on the face of it Stoke aren't necessarily a side you'd associate with this but I think when Blackburn come to town the game is always going to look a certain way, and I'd be surprised if this is a game and you know that follows that the recent trend of, of low scoring Stoke. Mm. Walsall and Forest Green is the second leg down in League Two, uh, eleven to two, six point five is the over four point five goals price here, and per Fox punter, in the last eight games in League Two, these two Walsall and Forest Green are both in the top eight in League Two for total XG in their games. That's four and against. So goal expectancy has been high recently uh, in what is a pretty high-scoring division, which I think bodes well. Walsall kind of surprised me looking at the stats. Kind of sneaky goalsy is how I would describe Walsall in the last few months. Uh, I think it's probably their last nine games we can read out the results to, to give you a flavour of this. Uh, 3-1 against Wimbledon, 3-1 against Bradford, 0-0 MK, 4-0 Sutton, 4-1 against Gillingham, 3-all against Newport, 1-all against Crawley, 2-1 defeat at Mansfield and a 1-0 defeat at Harrogate. So a, a bit like what you just said, over 4.5 has landed in two of the last nine, but in three of the others, there's been four goals total. So, um, again, high goal expectancy in, in Walsall games, high goal return in the main recently. And anything can happen in a Forest Green game. I think we know that by now. They, they've conceded two or more in 12 of 17, but they do have good attackers. They do. And there have been games this season where they have created tons of chances. And in some of them, they've missed most of them. and some of them, they've scored a couple of goals. So, uh, I like this. The double, Stoke Blackburn and Walsall Forest Green. Over 4.5 goals double at 37.5 to finish us off. George, full slate ahead of us, full of beans and excitement. Uh, give us a full recap of your picks. Mansfield, even money away at Swindon's my nap. Uh, Watford, draw no bet at 19-5 to five is my next best away at Leicester. Ilias Chair at 9-2 to two to score any time for QPR and Cheltenham to win to nil against my beloved at 13-2. to two. Against your wife? Yeah. Oh, your beloved Oxford United. Uh, my nap, Southampton and under 4.5 goals at Huddersfield, even money. My next best, Wrexham minus one against Morecambe at 6-5, 2.2. Uh, Dale Taylor, any time for Wickham against Reading at 9-4. And my long shot at 12.24, Sunderland and BTTS against Argyle. And Mansfield win and BTTS against Swindon, the over 4.5 double. Stoke Blackburn and Walsall Forest Green. Guys, have a brilliant weekend. 
Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. We hope that it was a pleasing sound at the start of your weekend. Thanks to Betfair for sponsoring this podcast. And remember that you can watch the pod on Betfair's YouTube channel. So search for it and ye shall find. Uh, thanks for listening and go well.